on this week's show. Top of the league and going well in the FA bars, we hear from Stansfeld joint boss Billy Hamlin. We're in the league, we might have a try, we might have a go at trying to win it or trying to go up. But at the end of the day, if we don't, we'll still be Stansfeld and we'll still be here next year. They bounce back after a heavy home defeat. Sitting ball manager Darren Blackburn is feeling good about his team's chances. We're pleased to, to come out of something, the game with something, to get a decent performance and three points was was really uh, really sort of uh, rewarding to be honest. And frustration all around as Maidstone United's poor form continues. We hear from striker Alfie Pavey. Luck ain't on our side at the moment, um, but like I said, we just got to keep working hard and keep going. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cullingham Plumbing and Heating. Another busy, busy week across the county and over the next hour or so we're going to try our best to bring you up to date with it all. I'm John Phipps, who's just changed this intro because I've literally just finished the most middle class of evening snacks, a cheese scone. Uh, and on the line now is a man who spent part of his journey to Maidstone at the weekend learning about a new to him band. It's Matt Gerard, of course. How are you, mate? Well, bad. I had a cheese scone at the weekend. From well, you're middle class and all, so... Expenses. Mine came from a local delicatessen, so, you know. Yes, I do like it. Do you put butter in your cheese gun? I've had butter, cheese, pate and chutney. Take it to a different level. I just just pull it apart like a normal scone and eat it like that. But I do like a cheese scone. How big was it? Sizable, yeah. And and just to clarify, you say scone, yeah? Cheese scone, yeah. I'd say scone, I think. Uh, Well, well, uh, cheese scone. wouldn't call it a scone. Well, 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 clearly you're posher than me, probably. Yeah, maybe I'll put a poll out. How do you pronounce it? Scone or scone and see what the results are. Well, it would be a northern, southern sort of thing, wouldn't it? Be sort of on that basis. But that's very nice. Well, that's, uh, is that your dinner then? It was part of it, yeah. just uh, we, we ate out at lunchtime, so uh, this evening's just been a bit more snacky. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't put anything in it. I'd just put it up like Mark Spencer. So... When we go to the Marchston's Cafe, we always have a cheese scone. So, how the other off live, eh? Exactly. Yeah, that's how excited it gets from there. So, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, and that band, a couple of good songs, John. I, I just put it on Amazon. Yeah. Went to the playlist. I didn't. You gave me a list of songs, but uh, and I, I t- texted you, didn't I? Which ones I thought were quite good? Is it Dreams, Space and Bubbles. You liked. Uh, they haven't got some. Yeah, Space and Bubbles. Yeah, they were good songs. Good. They weren't as rocky as I thought they would be. So there's such a uh, there's such a eclectic band because some of their songs are heavy rocky and like that, but some of them are just completely different and that's what i really love about them is the fact that they are so versatile their songs are so different they're they're, they're, they're yeah, a couple of hits and big hits haven't they yeah yeah and one of them i i did actually know of but i can't remember what it was called but that i was i was quite impressed so uh, i might go again listen to amazon this weekend other music providers are available and put it from there so but yes but I, yeah, I was quite impressed. So they're not, they don't, uh, they're not a religious band, are they? Not to talk about God. Couple of he does talk, about God. he does talk about God a lot, actually, yeah, in, yeah. His, in his music. And, and the, I mean, a lot of the theme of songs is about like life and death, and and, and it's quite, you know, that there's one of the songs was like um, in the, on their new album is is called the new album is called the Myth of the Happy Ever After. Um, and some of the songs in there are like one of the songs is like we 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 bring nothing in we'll take nothing us when we leave and and everything like that so you know it's it's quite uh yeah he's obviously a thoughtful chap I would say. How many of you in the band? There's three of them. So there's uh, the, the the lead singer songwriter who's called Simon, and then there are twins called Ben and James. 
I wouldn't probably be a bit too loud if I went to see him in concert, me being an old man and all that. That's true. But, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, it wasn't too bad. So, yeah, I, I was I was expected to be, to be rocked out a bit more, but I thought it was quite good. So there you go. There you go. My musical uh, review of them. That's marvellous. So enemy is calling. Um, it's our 190th episode this week and sweet Jesus I found a drink called Everclear which is 190 proof meaning this ABV is 95% man alive we've talked about strong booze before but that is something else it's even illegal in some US states and frankly rightly bloody so there's also a band I like who again most people won't ever have heard of who are called Everclear and they are named after this spirit which is something I literally learned about 90 minutes before we recorded this show so we are learning as we go along. I bet you've never heard of Everclear, the band, have you? Have had any hits? Not over here. No, they're, they're American. I, I saw them oh, nearly 25 years ago supporting uh, Fido in at the uh, London Astoria. God rest its soul. Uh, and I just really liked them. And, and they had an album out around that time called So Much for the Afterglow, which is really, really good. And then they've got an album before that, um, which I also really, really like. And, and then they did a couple of... Uh, a couple of albums that were in two parts. One was quite soft and one was quite heavy and they're both quite good as well. So, uh, yeah, decent band, Everclear. But uh, but would you fancy some 95% ABV booze? No, uh, g- give me heartburn, that will. <laughs> well, I think it'll give you more than heartburn. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Things like that will, will not be not be good for me. No, no. Oh, I've got to mention, John, do you know we talk about this programme, and I think a couple of interviews today talk about seven-day approaches. Yes. Players. I found out how they worked, right? I know somebody. It's in the women's game, and I'm not going to name the player, but they play for a Kent team, and they've been approached by a team outside the county. Right. And they said, I could put this in the pod. I'm not going to say it is. This is how it works, right? An email came through. So I always want to know a seven-day approach. Good afternoon. Please accept the email as notice of a seven-day approach for mysterious player. Please advise if you're happy to waive the seven-day notice period. That is it. Wow. That is the mythical seven-day notice. Wow. So yes. See now, I know I've I've received I've I've had off-the-record conversations with uh, a couple of managers, uh, not even on this show actually this week about seven-day approaches, uh, and one of them even w- was telling me that they the the manager themselves got a, a a text message saying, just so you know. I'm putting a, a seven-day approach in for one of your players. I think it's courtesy to do that. So um, that's that's it's, it's obviously that time of year, isn't it? Especially because managers are starting to change and, and squads need a bit of a shake-up. Uh, but yeah, so there are things around the places about seven-day approaches, yes, and that's that's, that's, that's that's a very interesting thing you taught us there. So yeah, so basically, I could t- just say right, I want a seven-day approach for Fred Jones. Do you waive it? Go on, then you could have him. It's like football manager, isn't it? Yeah. I've never received any seven-day approaches for you on the podcast. No, unsurprisingly, no. But that's it. Well, well. But 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 apparently, this is breaking news. The club has has not waived it, so they will discuss with the player the seven-day approach. But I presume this player could say, "I want to go" at this point. But it's very good of the club to let them know, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the the. The tradition, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting, interesting yeah. way of doing things. You so want to know how seven-day approaches work? That is it. Just a three-line email. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, if you do want to make a seven-day approach for Matt Gerard, uh, 
get in touch with us. Oh, do you know what? I'll take a message on Twitter. Uh, anyway, uh, on with the show. And the first of our three interviews takes us for the first time this season, I think, into the first division of the Southern Counties East League. And not for the want of trying, may I add. Uh, there was a big game at the top of the table on Saturday. Sutton Athletic hosted a Stansfeld side who'd been beaten for the first time this season, the previous weekend. But for the visitors' normal service, which was resumed as they came from a goal down at the break to claim all three points. So what better time for a podcast debut for joint Stansfeld boss Billy Hamlin? I spoke to him on Tuesday. Yep, really pleased to have had a start's gone. Probably didn't expect it. You know, always confident in the boys, but, you know, it's gone probably better than we, what we expected, to be honest with you. And, and looking, I suppose Saturday was, was a big game because they're a good side, Sutton, aren't they? But you've gone there and you've got a result. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've done well. We've gone away to Sutton, like you say. They're a good side. We've gone away to Brighton. They're a good side. Um, we beat them. Um, and Saturday was especially big because we got beat the week before against Seven and Beck. You know, that was a good side as well. We weren't really at it. But, you know, yeah, I know it sounds silly, but it's lovely being unbeaten. Don't get me wrong. But we was good on Saturday. So I think, I think against Seven and Beck, it didn't weigh us down, but we had that little burden of, you know, still being unbeaten. So we seemed a little bit more relaxed on Saturday. And we played well. Second half, we played really, really well. It's, it's a tough old division, this, isn't it? Uh, it is, yeah, it is, it is, yeah, you know, I've I got to be honest with you, Chesney and Luke come to our place the other day and played really well, you know, second half the other week, Staplehurst played well against us, or I was freeing them up at the time, so maybe the boys were a little bit, you know, job done sort of thing, but, you know, like, like I say, Chesney and Luke come to our place and they, we've beaten 2-1 and they give us a game, and they're, they're rock bottom of the league, so, you know, same with Thames Mead the other day, I know they had a, they'd got a few players in, but we only beat them 1-0, but... You know, he's a tough league. People, I don't think they give it the credit it deserves, to be honest with you. Looking at Stansfeld, it's, it's certainly been a, a bit of a progression over the last sort of few years. And it looks like you, you were in good shape last year when the season got abandoned. And, and now you're in really good shape this year. Well, yeah, we've, we had a little run. I, I forget what year we're in, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Obviously, <laughs> seasons-wise, because we've had so many stops and started. But the other year, I think we lost about two in 20 games. And we was similar to where we are now. But obviously, one thing we've always struggled with, we've always struggled with a start because, obviously, we don't pay nothing. We're, you know, we ain't got a budget at all. We don't budget for anything. So, you know, you've got to give the boys their bit of leeway, if you know what I mean. And at the beginning of the season, we've always had three or four away and we've always had three or four away at weddings and whatever, you know, weekends away, stag goes and things like that. Because with this COVID, no one was going away. No one's got married. So it's half gone in our favour a little bit because no one's been away so we've actually we've always finished strong but actually this season we've had the start we wanted because like I say we've had the full squad to pick from which we only always had over the last three four years uh, This weekend you go to West Side again a new team to the league it's, it's a long way to go as well isn't it? Yeah it is uh, you know uh, it's, it's what you believe like, I was talking to Ches at a manager the other week and I said about the travelling, and they weren't happy about it, to be fair. But then the two of the Beck fellas come down the other day, and I was talking to them, and they was happy because they said they'd rather be coming our sort of way, south sort of way, because the league, well, the way the leagues have been restructured, they could go to like Enfield and places like that, and they were saying they was happier. So it's who you believe, but it, you know, at the end of the day, for us, it's a one-off. Well, Westside, Cheshire, and so many, we do it three times a season. Them boys are doing it more or less every other week. So it's a lot. It's a lot tougher on them than it is on us, to be fair. Uh, and the game itself on Saturday, they have they're up and down, aren't they, Westside? Yeah, like they, uh, I think they put Croydon away five two, didn't they? And they put 
uh, they put seven past lead. But then, you know, Elmstead, I think, went and beat them 5-1 the other day. And then they go and, you know, Bryden scored two late goals against them the other, other week. So, listen, we'll go there and we'll be prepared and we'll be ready because it's not one of them. We, to be fair, we don't do it in any game, but we certainly won't be going now thinking, oh, you know, mid-table, oh, we'll be all right here. Because, I've got to be honest here, that's the reason we are where we are, because we treat every game on its merits and we don't take anything for granted. And obviously you're doing very well in the FA Vars as well. I think it's a record-equaling run, isn't it? Yeah, we've done it last year. We got to the second round last year and played against a good flat work team, to be honest with you. But, you know, the Vars is massive for our club. You know, like I say, we're, we're lucky that we've got really good sponsors. You know, we've got a few people who run their own businesses who have been good club boys over the years and, and they put their hand in their pocket and they support the club and it's fantastic what they do. But, you know, the club run the other year um, when we, we beat Punjab on Penalties and we got through and, and we got through a couple of rounds of the Vars, that generates so much money for the club. And... But, but the thing is, it, I think the Vars is massive to, to Stansfield because it shows how much we've progressed as a club over the last couple of years. You know, the committee went lock, stock and barrel to go in with Rocky at believe, you know, the great tenants, great pitch. And, you know, we pay a lot of money there. And and I think that was that was the aim was to get in the FA Cup and to get in the FA Vars. And, you know, at first it was great to be in the Vars, but, you know, listen, never going to win it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but... Well, we want to progress as far as we can and to get to the second round for a club, like I say, that doesn't pay a tenner. It's, it's massive. It's a, it's a big achievement. It really is a big achievement in my opinion. And we'll have a go. We'll have a go. We'll, you know, if we can, you know, team we're playing, best shot leader, top of their league, I believe. You know, they beat Fisher in the league above us the other day, so they'll be a good side. But we're at home. And I suppose it'll be actually quite nice, I suppose, that you're playing on the Sunday because it gives more people the chance to come and get behind you. Oh, definitely. We're, we're expecting a big, big crowd. We've got um, Club Does Remembrance Day. Um, we have fallen soldier in the first world war. He's a club boy. And he won a very cross fellow called Albert McKenzie. And there's a statue of him down Tabbridge Road. Um, so we'll all meet up on, on Sunday. Um, and we'll all be down there. And we'll have a um, uh, Remembrance Day ceremony and then we all have a drink and we meet up a lot of old ex-players you know it's a real chance for the all clubs to come to and we'll be banging the drums for next Sunday so you know we hopefully should have a big crowd you know it's like you get people at work and can't make it but also we run four sides so the other three teams who obviously will be playing on the Saturday they should all come down and they should all support us so you know it should be a good day should have a good day and obviously you're, you're joint managers with, with, with Jamie how does that all work out do you get on alright all the time yeah, well, Jamie couldn't do today because he's a lot older than me and he was off for his booster, bless him, his COVID booster. So he's, uh, yeah, I've, um, I've had to take his interview today because he's otherwise engaged. But yeah, I'm, Jamie's been my mate. Well, I've been at the club. Uh, our chairman, Ian Rooney, brought me out of the club when I was 18. Uh, Jamie has played for the club since he was a boy. You know, so between us, we've been up for probably the best part of 60 years. You know, I'm 44 now, so what's that? I've been up for like 26 years, and Jamie, like I say, he's, he's up here since he was a boy. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm the shouter and honourer, and Jamie's the quiet one, and it keeps us calm, and, you know, we work well together. But we've been mates for years, and we play together as well. So, yeah, it, you know, we're, we're Stanfield boys, and we'd never go anywhere else. We just set a club, and the day we stop managing, we'll, that will be it. It'll be Stanfield, it won't be nowhere else. Do you ever have any debates about team selection, substitutions or anything, or do you just both roughly sing off the same wind sheet? It's very rare. Nine times out of ten, 
we're on the same in sheet. Um, but we've got good people around us. You know, we, we've got like Tumble, you know, Tumble's you know, at the club. He's our, he's our president. He's, he's our main man, Tumble. And, you know, we need to bounce off people like him and we have to bounce off people like Lushy, like our, Colin Lush, our secretary. We've got Danny Moore there. We've got Ricky and Rooney. You know, if there's ever a, a conversation to be had, but we brought Joe Minder into the coaching staff and Dave Memmick's just rejoined the club as a bit of an overseer of, of the club, making sure everything's running properly. You know, if there is you know, any time, there's a conversation to be had. But to be honest here, in the four years we've been in the first team, we've probably disagreed. Oh, well, you could probably count them on one hand. And yeah, it's pretty much, we, we work well together. So we normally pick it up towards anymore. You know, it's very, we talk about it and we work for it. I just find you've had a good start. You say you finished well, so I suppose the aim is to, to, to get one of those promotion places coming into the, the season. Yeah, we'll have a go. We'll have a go, but you know, we're not under no pressure. Like Rooney and Lushy and them boys on the committee, they they never once point their finger at us and say, right, you've got to get us up. Don't get me wrong. We're in the league. We might as well try. And, we might as well have a go at trying to win it or trying to go up. But at the end of the day, if we don't. We'll still be Stansfield and we'll still be here next year and all the boys will still be there next year. So, you know, we're under no pressure. We Other managers might be under pressure. You know, they've slung a few quid at it. They want to try and get up this year. We're under no pressure. So we've had a start. We've had, we've, all we say to the boys is they've given themselves a platform. You know, what have we, what have we played? 14 games. So, you know, double that. That gives you 28. There's 38 games to play. If we're still in the same position after 28 games, then we'll have a go. We'll, we'll, we'll be all right. Now, I told him after that chat, and I'm telling you all now that I was disappointed that it was him that I got, rather than his co-manager, Jamie Phipps, as it's quite clear that Phippses are underrepresented both on this show and in football generally. Uh, but Matt, I found that to be a really interesting chat, and, and it was nice to learn a bit about Stansfeld. Yeah, I had to look him up where it was, to be fair, when you mentioned, when you got him on the show. So, again, very keen, people dedicated to their jobs, of what, where they want to go and where they want to be. So it always fascinates me how it works. And when he came on that, probably the came thing I came about, it was the how it felt that COVID had worked for them in the favour. And when he realises that after the problems he had, that players go off start the season, we've seen players playing cricket, people going off to weddings. And he said that COVID not going away has worked in his favour with, with that, which is interesting and makes their team a little bit stronger. And if they're going to come stronger in the second half of the season, you've got to watch out for it. But very, very, very interesting, you know, a lower level manager, how you have to cope with various bits and bobs. That's what sort of fascinates me within that one. Yeah, no, I think it is interesting when you know he says, oh, no one's getting paid and everything like that. And I suppose sometimes you can look at it and think, oh, what's your motivation for that? But obviously... With, with them, they're, they're all good friends. They all want to just do the best for the club. And, and it was very, very clear from that chat with Billy that he, he's only interested in Stansfield Football Club. If if Stansfield Football Club wasn't there, I'm pretty sure that he wouldn't be doing much on a Saturday. But I think he, he is Stansfield through and through. And he said the same about Jamie as well. And, and they just have the best interest of, of that club and that club specifically. And, and I think it's people like that that are keeping the pyramid going. Because if we didn't have clubs like Stansfeld and, and all the other clubs in the Scaffold First Division, we wouldn't be able to support the teams higher up. Yeah, again, not getting paid. The the love of the game. And probably the, the satisfaction of winning football matches. That's what keeps you going, isn't it? Even if you, you know, even if you're thinking, right, we can win this. And look, where they are now, thinking 
we, they could play at a level which is, is a very decent level. The level they're playing now is probably decent, quite decent if you're a player there. But just the satisfaction of winning football matches and bringing, building that club on. And, um, yeah, I'm always... I always say this in this pod, but since we've been doing it, I'm amazed about, you know, the dedication that some of the people have in this. He's not getting paid. The players aren't getting paid. But and they're travelling for, for some for long old trips just for the love of it, just for the love of their manager and for the love of their mates. So I think it's it's a really good thing. And that shows how strong the footballing pyramid is in this country. Yeah, I suppose uh, we do the same thing, mate. We, we do a podcast every week. We do it for the love of the yeah, game, don't we? But for the number of listeners we get, amazing how how it is out there. But, you know, they, when they say they go to some places that are, are absolute treks for them in this division. And when we had a text in this, a tweet in this week about somebody back the leagues, wasn't it? Yes, um, I've got it, that in the script for later on. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, and, and the, the passion that these people have, you know, they're as passionate for their club as the people who go and watch Manchester United and Kevin, maybe even more passionate about the, the club because they want their club to succeed from what they can do. So I'll always admire these people because there's a lot of people who put in a lot of hard work for not much financial gain, which is which is good to see. And obviously the Scaffold Division one, that that's a big result for them uh, to win on Saturday as they did at Sutton because we we've said all along Sutton are looking really good and and uh, they had the games in hand and everything. But for Stansfield to go there, they have still got games in hand. Sutton they are down in seventh now, but they've got they've played four games less than some of the teams above them. But for Stansfeld to bounce back from their first defeat of the season and to get that result, that shows that there's there's definitely something about that team. Yeah, I think it's a it's a strange old league, the first division, because there's a lot of teams that, I take it Tooting Beck's not in Kent, is it? No. No, so it's a strange old division. So, um, so it's probably supposed to be very difficult for these teams to find out of information, if you talk to other managers as well about where you're going and how they're doing it. So they're doing very well. And that was a good result at Sutton Athletic, I have to say. Um, and now they've got to build on that. But for what they seemed in the camp, that they're going to be uh, confident they're going to be up there if they carry on that good form as they get stronger as the season goes on. Yes, absolutely. And good luck to them. And hopefully we'll hear from them again on the show. And they've got an FA Vars game uh, in uh, on Sunday in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, good luck to them uh, for that. Elsewhere in that division over the weekend, it ended Bryden Ropes 2, Westside 1, Faversham Strikeforce 1, Staples Monarchs 1, Larkfield and New Hive were 2-1 winners at Kent Football United. Rochester United lost 1-0 at Lewis and Burren. It was SC Thamesmead 3, Croydon 3. On Monday, Snodden were 5-0 winners at Greenways. And on Tuesday, it ended Tootingbeck 2, FC Elmstead 2. Now, you may have noticed that the name Chessington and Hook did not appear in that run-through. And for pretty concerning reasons, actually, their game with Forest Hill Park on Saturday was called off uh, as the league, apparently, were unable to get officials from Kent to travel to deepest, darkest Surrey. Uh, there are always going to be some issues on this front, and Twitter fan at BallamDude2021 has got in touch on this subject, basically saying that if one of the three from Surrey were to get promoted, surely it makes sense that as long as they don't get promoted themselves, the team from Surrey has to go back to the Combined Counties League and Beckenham come back to the scaffold. I mean, I have to say I agree with that. The whole thing is a right pain. Chesterton Hook said it was shoddy, and to be honest, I feel for them, but I also really feel for the scaffold who've been forced to take on these teams who who are a long way away. And, and Billy Hamlin said about that as well. You know, he said it is a trek, but we are only doing it a couple of times. We don't mind it so much, but it is a difficult situation. And, and we knew this was going to happen, didn't we? So, Ch- so tell that again, Chessington Hook, which must be near Chessington World of Adventures, is it? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's my knowledge. They couldn't, the league couldn't get a referee from Kent to go up there. 
Yes. So because obviously the, the scaffold have their, their Kemp based referees, yep. they couldn't get anyone who could travel up that, that distance to, to go and officiate the game. A sorry referee to do it. Take I know. It seems far. Again, we looked at this division. The scaffold, you say, are forced to take these teams. I know we don't want any t- teams got to go into a league. It does seem a bit strange, though, doesn't it? These, the team of these teams. And I'm sure the cost of Chessington coming into some parts of Kent must be phenomenal for them, isn't it, as well? So I'm sure they're not particularly happy about this. Probably not as well as the refereeing incident. Yes, and, and incidentally, the two-team bet game against FC Umstead, which was played on Tuesday, was also supposed to be played at the weekend, but the same thing happened for them. So it it just doesn't help anyone, does it? It's it's it, it's, it's so frustrating. frustrating. I haven't really taken that much notice when you look at it, the teams that are in there, but is the Combine Counties doesn't have enough leagues or anything to, to happen? Well, Combine Counties obviously doesn't obviously has too many teams at step six, but not enough at step five. Hence, they've now got Beckenham, right? Uh, and they've taken Ballum back and everything because they've got two divisions at step five. But obviously, their step six league has has been going for for whatever however long, and and the Scaffold step six league was obviously smaller, so they had to move some teams into even those leagues up, and that was what happened. Obviously, looked at those two. I mean, it is a ridiculous, it's a farcical situation that Chessington and Hook ground share at Collier's Wood United. Collier's Wood are in the Combined Counties League, and Chessington and Hook are in the Scaffold. Just that, that is just farcical, isn't it? Well, yes, maybe they need to look at it. Maybe, well, you thought they had plenty of time over COVID to look at this, but the Scaffold is a strong league. Maybe they think the Scaffold is the way forward to go to, to improve in their football. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a strange one, and we'll have to look at this when the seasons go ahead, when they start reorganising stuff, if they're going to redo it again, and how they do this. But, yeah, it is the same thing. And and it's probably embarrassing for the organisers of the scaffold as well, isn't it? They're probably mm. tried, tried very hard to do this. And, again, the likes of Chessington are probably not particularly impressed with them, but maybe out of the scaffold's reach. Maybe that maybe the Football Association can maybe help them out. There must be referees in Surrey who could have done that game as well. So mm, Absolutely. And, and, again, this is another one in the eye for... Those uh, people who have le- very limited geography knowledge, who think that as f- as far up as League One should be split into North and South, because these these are the problems that that regionalisation causes, and th- it would go higher up, and it would be teams down this sort of neck of the woods that would lose out by still having to go to Torquay, Plymouth, Yeovil, uh, rather than be, uh, well, team teams at the North would, wouldn't have to travel that that far. It's, it's just it's just madness, and, and I think. It's a really difficult situation. I understand the difficulties of it, but surely something should have been done to get those two games on over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, and I feel for the organisers at the um, at the scaffold as well. They probably would have tried really hard for that. Yeah, this weekend in the first division, it's Kent Football United against Greenways, Larkfield a new hither at home to Chessington and Hook. It's Lidtown against Faversham Strikeforce, Rochester United take on Snodland Town, Staples Monarchs are at home to Sutton Athletic, and as you've already heard, it's Westside against Stansfeld uh, in the Premier Division. And there's been some big games this weekend. Uh, well, on Tuesday night there were two games that both ended in the away team scoring five. It was. Glebe are back to the top of the table after a 5-3 win at Irith and Belvedere. While Tunbridge Wells were 5-1 winners at Lordswood. Five different scorers for them in that game as well. So that shows they're doing something right. Uh, looking back at Saturday, it was Crowborough 4, Hollands and Blair 2, Dealtown 3, Wellingtown 0. A late, late goal from Dan Bradshaw gave Chatham Town a 1-0 win at Irith and Belvedere. Glebe are 3-0 winners over Fisher. Irith Town were 5-2 winners at K-Sports. They were 4-0 up inside 19 minutes. Uh, were Irith Town in that game. Homestale beat Tower Hamlets 3-1. 
It was Lords with one, Beerstead two, Punjab United two, Canterbury City nil, Sheppard United four, Rustall nil, and Tunbridge Wells two, Kennington three. Uh, late, late winner there for Gary Lockyer, a penalty in the 95th minute, uh, taking it to 18 goals for the season uh, for the Scaffold's top scorer. But it won't be any more for the Scaffold's top scorer because Gary Lockyer uh, has left Kennington and moved ever so far away. He's gone to Ashford. Uh, up into the Eastman League South East. And, and he deserves it, Matt. We'll be talking more about that next week. We're hoping to hear from him uh, on next week's show. But 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 a great move for Gary Lockyer. Yeah, um, what, I think I read that he wanted to test himself, score goals at the level, go to Ashford. Anybody can work on him there. Um, some goal scores in that, I have to say, with 17, 19, 18 scores. Yeah, he'll be given a chance. They've got some... Ashford United, or they they, they um, create chances, don't they? Score a lot of goals themselves. So uh, my feeling is, if you're a goal scorer, you're a goal scorer at any level. So you get the chances, you'll put them in the back of the net. So he just to see how he gets on, and if it doesn't work out, I'm sure it, there'll be a home for him at Kennington. So don't Kennington play at Ashford as well? They do, yeah, same stadium. So he knows so where he's going. Yeah, not much changes for him. Good luck to him and see how he gets on in that in that division. So yeah, um, he's only he's, only, he's quite young still. Not going on about the thing, but. Uh, he thinks he wants to test himself at that level. And Tommy Warlow's the, the sort of manager who can get the best out of strikers. He certainly is. And, and he, if he continues his form that he's got there, uh, then Ashford are going to have a, a really good uh, striker on their hands. Uh, also news in the scaffold this week, uh, Hollands and Blair have a new manager. Scott Porter has been appointed to take over uh, at Hollands and Blair. Scott was obviously promoted uh, from this division with Whitswell Town, our first season doing the show. Uh, and that seems to me like a, a very sensible appointment at, at Hollands and Blair. Wasn't Yeah, I think I thought he was at Hawkins for a bit. Was he Scott Porter as well? He was, yes. He went down to Hawkins, but he left there. And uh, now he's back with... Um, and now he's back in the scaffold yeah. with Hollands and Blair. He'll bring yeah. in his own players, I'm sure, but a really, really astute appointment. Yeah, yeah. Again, he's quite successful at Hyde, wasn't he? So he knows how to bring players on at this level. So just to see how Hollands and Blair get on. I suppose looking at the back, changing such a bit. Bad week for Eric and Belvedere, wasn't it? If they, you know, losing late to Chat and then losing to Glebe as well, has that knocked them out of the title race? I wouldn't say it's knocked them completely out, but yeah, I mean, they're now 11 points behind Sheppey having played the same number of games. So yeah, that was a, uh, a that was a, a, a bitter blow. I think the, to lose so late as well against Chatham. I mean, they, they, they don't lost once all season in the yeah, league yeah. Uh, is, is a blow for them. They're three without a win now, but I'm sure that they won't be pushing the panic button just yet because there's still a long, long way to go, as everybody says uh, in this season. So, but it's, it's I mean, it's brilliant. Best, yeah, top two, you know, Two of the top three sides, so and clearly they were very maybe you know the Chatham one went to the last thing, but Glebe, yeah, doing well. Glebe continues to do very well. Forty-eight goals in fifteen games it helps, doesn't it? It certainly, certainly does. Let's look at the fixtures uh, in the scaffold this weekend. It's Bearsford against Willing- Wellington, Chatham Town at home to Lordswood, Deal Town at home to Hollands and Blair. It's Irith Town against Crowborough Athletic, Glebe take on Canterbury City, Homesdale against Punjab United, K Sports against Fisher. Kennington against Tower Hamlets, the Tunbridge Wells derby as Russell hosts Tunbridge Wells and it's Sheppard United against Irith and Belvedere. So it doesn't get any easier for Irith and Belvedere, does it? Oh dear, yeah. That's, I need to, you know, if they'd lose that as well, that you know, your season's, you know, unravelling a little bit, which is disappointing for them from there. But I'm expecting all the, the Chathams, the Deals, the Glebes all to win their games this week and the Sheppies, I thought. So, could make a little 
break open a little bit more as well at the top of the table. It certainly could. We shall see what happens with that. Let's move up then to the Ismia League South East. And it's time to catch up with Sittingbourne, uh, whose bright start to the season was halted a little bit by back-to-back losses to the top two, including a 6-0 home defeat to Cray Valley PM. But they bounced back at the weekend with a 1-0 win over VCD Athletic. And after much to and fro in, uh, I managed to get hold of Sittingbourne boss Darren Blackburn. So here he is. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I sat down, I even spoke to the management staff about it, to be honest with you, but I looked at the next runner, sort of six or seven games after a, a decent start and thought we're going into a difficult patch and I've, in, a, in, in my head um, I've actually got a picture taken of those uh, fixtures and I've got some points and things next to them and expectations next to those things and um, if I'm honest they've, the games have gone in the way that the form guide showed you know, it's difficult losing 6-0 <clears throat> excuse me um, but you know the Crave are a really good side and, and, and that's that's, we had a couple of new lads in that time, that day, <clears throat> and played a lot of football. And uh, the Haywards Heath one, obviously we changed a few things, made a few changes, uh, went back to a bit more of a, a probably back four that, that we've had more this season. It's younger, it's less experienced, but it's performed well. Um, and it's dealt with the, the sort of issues that this league throws up with regards to pacey forwards and wingers and stuff a bit better maybe than and some of the more experienced lads in the team um, defended defensively-wise. So that, that's a bit of a weird one for me this season. It's quite new to me because normally most teams have an experienced back four and ours is probably the youngest in the league at the moment, the, the ones that have played more minutes. And yeah, so going into the VCD game, <clears throat> that was a game that we, out of those three, that we should consider taking more out of. So, you know, we, we're, we're pleased to, to come out of something, the game with something, to get a decent performance on three points was was really, uh, really sort of uh, rewarding, to be honest. But looking at your home form, I mean, the, obviously the 6-0 defeat you mentioned, but that is a, a blip in what's been a brilliant start at home. And, and we've all spoken about Sittingbourne before you were in charge. Well, it's, it's such a difficult place to, to, to make your home, isn't it? Because of where it is and the, and the conditions and the weather that you get up there. But to one... Five out of six, you've got to be pleased with that. Oh, yeah, over the moon. And if I go back to the first game of the season, the, the, the Lansing game, said to the boys in the dressing room, that was something we imprinted on them straight away, is we have to make home games count. It has to be a fortress. People, you know, I, I knew from my experience in charge of the couple of games that I had when Chris wasn't around, when, when obviously he was in charge and he, he had to work. Um, you know, maybe set up, I set up the team when he wasn't around, you know, it wasn't. We weren't easily beaten, and I think Tommy Warrell made the comment. You know, you never get an easy game against sort of sitting ball, or you know, didn't expect it. It was a tough game, and he, he wasn't looking forward to the return fixture and and stuff at our place. So it, it's somewhere that we've that we've got to make a fortress if we're going to do well in the league at our level with our budgets and stuff. We have to do well in home games because travelling in this league is. It's difficult. We're away at Three Bridges tonight in the Cup. You know, it's not easy for lads to get out of work and, and get down there. So you really can be going to away games with players missing, weakened squads. Um, we've had that at one of the games where we had to turn up eight minutes before kickoff at the FA Cup game against Littlehampton. Um, we were missing six players 15 minutes before kickoff. So we lost that game 4 0. It, you know, it, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? So yeah, really pleased. Um, um, obviously you say you've got three bridges tonight you've obviously got them again on Saturday is that something that you welcome playing the same team twice in four days or would you rather not be doing that? <laughs> That's a good question um, I'm, I'm looking at it as a positive because we we can do a few things differently tonight than we did on Saturday 
and then if that does or doesn't work, we can look at that, um, and then we can make those alterations again for the league game on on Saturday. And I'm not going to make any secret about it. You know, we're we're out of a couple of cup competitions already, and the cup competitions are important. But when you're in my opinion, and it's only my opinion as, as a manager and only been at the club for, for three years or so, two and a half, three years, is I can only go on my experience. And, you know, the league form and the league positions, we've been, I know the two seasons have been curtailed, but, and, and looking back beyond that, league positions haven't been great. Therefore, players haven't considered this club a viable option for them, perhaps, with regards to being at the right end of the table and wanting to come to us in pre-seasons or at the beginning of the season we don't want to be a club that takes everyone's cast-offs you know in October November time I'll, I want to be doing what I've been doing this week which is signing the likes of Harry Stannard as a you know a proven player at this, at this level and played in the league above um, Tyler Christian Law the lad I've taken from Coggershaw he's got great experience great athleticism legs in midfield um, has come to us because you know we've had the start we've had um, and we're at that end of the table and Jed Smith from Leverett I'm sure if we were sitting down the bottom you know 17th, 18th, 19th whatever these players wouldn't consider us in the same way they did when we made the approaches last week and that's all I can try and do for sitting born in year one if I'm honest and, and once we do that and establish that then it, it's a different prospect next summer when I start making phone calls or sitting born start bringing up players or talking to players then hopefully they can see us as more sort of serious contenders at the right end of the table again it's a great league, isn't it? Because there's so many teams that are in and around the area. And I guess the, the knock-on for that for you as a manager is there's a lot of competition for all of those players, which I think is what you've kind of just covered there by saying that. But, you know, if a player is in that sort of region, there's a lot of takers for him. Oh, it's unreal. You're not even talking about the teams in our corridor, in, in sort of the MSU corridor. If, if beyond that, go up the A2, you've got teams all over the place, all the way from, you know, really sort of local, really all the way for as far up as um, Phoenix and, and that sort of area, really VCD, you know, all the way down that corridor. We're all in competition probably because it's only a 15, 20 minute more journey for lads or less less minutes, whatever they want to do. But if you look in the league below, you've got Sheppey, great team, great ground, great budget. You've got Chatham, great team, great ground, great budget. Um, you know, lots of teams. Glebe doing phenomenally well. You know, Harry Hudson's gone in there and taken a lot of lads out of our league to that league and, Doing, doing a brilliant job having a great season um, and, and that's before you get to the likes of you know Hollands and Blair who attract players for different reasons because of the way they are as a club and, and, and the sort of family atmosphere they have there and the togetherness they have as a club so it's, it's massively difficult mate it's been a huge task and yeah, I had a good chat with the goalkeeper coach Damien Hopkins from BCD after the game on Saturday and he said I don't know where you're pulling players in from he said you know we're, we're looking for bits and you know, where are you getting where do you find them and just just contacts just constantly on the phone texting um, finding out the situation with players staying in touch with players that I spoke to last summer early on this year you know, staying in contact with them, chucking your texts out to them. You know, if they do well, well done. You know, just, just, just sort of using personal skills. Really, that that's a, for me anyway, because we don't have a huge budget. That's how I find is the best way to manage our situation, and that's just my my style, I guess. I look at your squad. You've got some some really good players in there. Players that I've known for for a few years myself. Anyway, but obviously one who's, who's standing out at the moment is your captain, Kane Rowland. He's, he's, he's doing really well, and uh, you've given him a bit of responsibility. And, and despite what Matt said on our show the other week, he's only twenty five. So um, it's, it's interesting to have a striker and one so young being your captain. If I could have sixteen Kane Rowlands, I'd be happy. 
I don't care whether any other manager thinks of him or or has thought of him in the past. I've, I'll make no secret of it, mate. I've told him, um, and the players know what, what, where he's he's not maybe a natural choice for captain. Um, but when you look at it, because he's not the most, he's not a shout, he's not a screamer, he's not a baller. You know, but if you look at him, he leads from example, the effort and the energy. And if he's having, the, he can be having the worst game he's ever had, but you'll still get 110 percent effort out of him. Someone who leads by example. And to me, at this level, um, you know, the higher you go, the more important your captain becomes because they need to be tactically aware and the message the manager wants out there. And perhaps defenders tend to be the natural choice, or, or sometimes goalkeepers nowadays, even to be fair, in, in a lot of teams, but because they can see the whole picture. But for me, he came just he just got a great attitude. Um he's, he reminds me um a lot of my attitude when I played. Is he technically the greatest footballer in this league? No, and he'll be the first to admit that, I'm sure. Um but, you know, he does things well. He wins his headers, he battles, he works hard, um, he finishes, he's got a good strike rate, he's got a good uh, record at, at this level of, of as a goal scorer, and he's mid twenties. He's not even really in his prime yet. He's probably going to hit his prime in the next two or three years, which is, you know, and he's done a phenomenal job for the team in the last few weeks because I think I've played him wide left, wide right, down the middle and in the eight role because of injuries and, you know, sometimes trying to get certain players into the team. So he's versatile, he's adaptable. Um, but also I have to re- reflect that in my in my tactics, you know, and how we play. If we're going to play a certain way, if Kane Bowen's play, he's playing wide... He's not going to get the ball and dribble around the thingy and, and beat three players and smash it in the net. You know, there's different reasons, but no, he's, he's been superb, and, and I can't speak highly of him or all of the lads in the group. They've all been they've all been great. So even the ones that have moved on or moving on, you know, they've, they've all been brilliant. I can't can't fault any of them. And just finally, obviously, you're eighth at the moment. I, I guess if someone offered you that at the end of the season, would you take that right now, or are you looking higher up? No, I, I just said to the guys, let's, it's an old cliche, it's so boring, um, and I hate saying it, and, and every time it comes out of my mouth, I hate myself for saying it, but it really is a case of, of, of one game at a time, um, take something from every game, or try and take something at least from every other game, don't lose too many games in a row, um, the point tally that we've got so far, if all the teams level off and everyone, one of their games, and we came up to sort of 13, 14 points, we in and around where we are um, which gives us a great platform for the second half of the season um, or the next third of the season really as we're looking at now and I would say look give us another 10-12 games and, and we'll see where we're at you know if we take similar points yeah if, if probably someone had said to me you know is eight good enough no it ain't I'll be honest no it ain't because I don't want eight I, I want if we can't win the league which is very very difficult to do at this level um, we want to try and compete and cause things in and around the playoffs. And I looked at the level of football the last couple of three years, having having been involved in this league, and thought that might be achievable. It's probably a long stretch, but it could be achievable if we have a good solid season. And at the moment, we, we you know we we're, we're hanging on in now. Just said, hang on to the shirt tails of, of those in and around the playoffs, your home plays and your VCBs and these teams that have been up there for big years and yes, but uh, if we can hang on to their shirt enough <clears throat> anything can happen you know and it, it might not be our results that gets in there it might be the, the results around us that, that, that dictate where we finish more so so yeah no, it, it's been a great start but it is just that it's, it's a decent start and I'm, I'm well aware that things can turn quickly at this level already in football really and just got to keep it going 
lovely chap, Darren Blackburn. Matt, he's on the list. Uh, really, really nice fella. Um, but some interesting things he's saying there, and, and he's happy with how things are shaping up, and, and he's ambitious. Yeah, of course. I saw his first game in charge, really, when I think when they played deal in the Cup last season. Yes. And they, and they were pretty terrible. They probably look back at that and thinking, oh, um, from there. But they've sort of grown, and he's built a team up slowly. Interesting the point he said that Teams are built on pacey wingers and forwards. I could, well, that's written into my DNA, John. It's being South East Division. I like a pacey forward and a winger. So it's a few teams are using that bit more this season. I think he's learning within the game. And the point you said, would you take eighth? I think Sittingbourne probably would take eighth, really. Um, I think he's doing a half decent job. I don't think that see them as being one of the sides in for the playoffs because he, they might win one one week and then, you know, come against the Peeler side. They they got defeated. And I'm uh, reading between the lines. He probably expected that, but not maybe by six goals to nil. But, yeah, doing a decent job, decent job bringing players on. Um, and also looking at it as well. And and, and he showed the, how you how you manage players as well or try and get older players. It's just be nice to people because one day you actually might need them to play for you. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting... Uh, thing I'd, I'd had a long chat with Darren off the record as well, but you know he, he, the, the the project at Sittingbourne, he, he certainly has bought into the project, and I think he knows that maybe this season is too soon for them. But if you finish this season on the edge of the playoffs, then you're a more attractive proposal to to players who you might want to sign in the future. So it is all about building, and and we hear about you want to improve every year, but that's what you've got to do because it's such a congested area all around the county of all these players. And they want to play at the highest level they can. And if you're a player in, in the Eastman League South East and you want to get promoted, you're going to be looking at the previous season's league table and thinking, well, that's the place for me to play. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that. I think in that level of football, your, your contact burden or your contacts is going to be so high. Even if you just, you know, don't know a player, but you keep an eye on a player and get to know him and put the seven-day approaches in for players, etc., like that. You know, finding out if they're happy at clubs, that is probably half your week as well, because you're always looking to improve the squad, is finding out little tidbits of information there. These managers, I don't think they turn up on a Tuesday and Thursday at 7.30 till 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock training, is it? Majority of their day is probably sorting other bits and pieces out as well. And what you said there of just sort of just being in there, being a not, you know, a decent guy asking about players at clubs from there talking to goalkeeper coaches and things like that, just getting a feel of it. That's half the battle as well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's interesting. And, and you know, we, we've said before that the, the challenges that Sittingbourne face with, with where their stadium is and everything like that. But th- their home form this season is absolutely phenomenal. So you've got to say fair play to them. Yeah, yeah. I think apart from that one, they won all the other games. Yeah, building a, building a squad, that's always do it. And if, and if you can... Do well in the area as well. As he mentioned, there's a lot of clubs around there. And again, I wouldn't have thought City Ball and the highest players in there. There won't be clubs around them who could pay a bit more players. But if you can treat players with respect and feel that they can, you can be better than, as the manager can better them as players, you're, you're, you're halfway there, I think. And some of the players he's got, I see they signed somebody who used to play Dartford Academy, come from somewhere I read recently today. So he can attract players. It's That's half the battle. You've got to know your players at this level to try and attract them. 
Yeah, you certainly have. And I think Darren is doing a, a really good job because even though he's been in charge for, for nearly two years, he still hasn't actually had a full season. So uh, I, I remember speaking to him, actually. It just got the job and I managed to get hold of him and he hadn't even met his players. And then I think COVID came and he was just like, well, that's that. I'm not going to get to see them for ages, but he's doing a, a really, really good job. And interesting, you said about your mate Kane Rowland there, Matt, as well. If I had 16 Kane Rowlands, I'd have a brilliant squad. And I thought that was that was really nice. And, and for him to say, you know, striker's not, not a natural captain, but he leads by example on the pitch. And that's what you want, isn't it? Well, that's, that's what I when I dissed him with his age. But when I've seen him, yeah, he's a, you know, a bit of a talisman for him as well. Again, the manager asks you to do a job, he'll do it. Holds the ball up, will run the channels. Uh, you know, giving him the captain's armband. And clearly that's um, lifted his game to a different level. And I'm sure Darren will appreciate that. And Kane will appreciate what Darren's doing for him. So, yeah, I'm pleased with sitting board. When we first started, that first season we did it when Nick Davies was in charge. Sure, when they top of the league by a bit of a while, then it all went wrong, didn't it? So, yes, well, well, yeah, when we started doing the show, Nick Davis, oh, they went oh, really, really high, and, uh, and yeah. then it all went wrong, didn't it? So, so when was that? When was the last time that City Bomb were in the Premier Division? Probably when the 20, you know, back in the early 90s when they had all that money. So, they've been in this level for a long, long time, and probably is their level. But if, if Darren can. Get them into the right. If he gets them into the playoffs, it's a hell of an achievement, I think, in this division because it's such a, a really tough division this year. So, you know, I'm pleased for him. And City Bourne are always, you know, the, the the brothers there. I can't remember their names now. The um, Potts. Potts brothers, always very friendly people. Um, yeah, always a friendly club, City Bourne. So, and again, I've never been to the ground, but you say it's not the greatest ground in the world. But if they. Well, they weren't thinking they were going to stay there or they want to move back into sort of sitting board, is it? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's all up in in the air. I'm sure that they're quite settled there, but there is there are plans afoot for a big housing development, which will put a lot of houses around them uh, rather than them moving to being around houses. Well, Central but, Park now, what, the Greyhounds. Dog Track, there. Dog Track Speedway. Yeah, um, well, but there's the, also the, the, the outside the, they used to play. What, what's that now? Well, there's also the part out the back, and I think that yeah. that is that that still uses a football stadium. I think someone lower down the pyramid plays there, uh, but obviously Maidstone United played there for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that's something that Sittingbourne have even uh, contemplated. But uh, again, that's not in the centre of town, but you can't get anywhere in the centre of town there. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a really really tough one. Um, but that you know, the, I'm sure if they continue to get brilliant results, they'll move up the table on it, uh, and then they'll be getting more people coming in. Two hundred. Always have that. So, um, yeah, well, well, well done, Darren Blackburn, doing a good job. Yeah, and I'm sure if I'm sure his phone, his phone bill must be astronomical, wouldn't it? <laughs> just, just sort of just the networking and contacts must be phenomenal at that level, isn't it? I presume he's got, another, you know, he's working with his day job. His mind must be on football 24/7. I would have thought. Well, I'm sure he focuses on his day job when he's yeah, in his no, day but job. you know, what I mean? <laughs> about where am I going to get a right back from? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just like just like us again, Matt. When, when I'm thinking, oh, we're going to speak to you for this week's show. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, elsewhere in the southeast division this weekend, it was Ashford United four, Hythe Town nil. Uh, Whitstable beaten two one at Chichester. A fantastic result for Corinthian as they came from behind to beat Hastings United by two goals to one. Uh, it was East Grinstead nil, Ramsgate two. 
Faversham beat Hayward Heath 3-1. Herm Bay beat Seven Oaks by two goals to one. At Phoenix Sports, we spoke to Steve O'Boyle uh, last week. His first game ended in a 3-2 uh, home defeat to White Talk. And then a couple of games in midweek as well, I believe. Uh, just the one in the league, in fact, on Tuesday, uh, as Faversham were beaten 1-0 at Burgess Hill. Uh, Sittingbourne, he did mention that Velocity Trophy game. Uh, it went to penalties, but Sittingbourne did win that uh, to, to make it through after a 0-0 draw. I mean, if a Tuesday night Velocity Trophy first round 0-0 draw at three bridges in front of 51 people doesn't get you going, then nothing will, will it? <laughs> They're in the next. They're in the the next round, John. That's the most important. Well, you know, that, again, it's an important trophy for them. If they go quite long into that, you never know. You could pick up a trophy if, if certain teams are not being too keen on it. But no, it's. Uh, they're, in the, they're in the hat. That's the most important thing. Absolutely, this weekend uh, in the Southeast Division, uh, it's East Grinstead against Corinthian. Hastings against Cray Valley, that's a big old game. It was Hayward Heath against Hythe Town, Lansing against Ramsgate, Phoenix Sports at home to Ashford, Seven Oaks against Chichester, Sittingbourne at home to Three Bridges again. Uh, VCD go to Whitehawk and it's Whitstable against Burgess Hill Town. Uh, and then in midweek on Tuesday night, Herne Bay go to Whitehawk. Uh, I would also mention uh, the beloved Velocity Trophy uh, on Monday as Corinthian go to face Hashtag United in it. And that really is... Uh, something quite special. Uh, Fabrician United. Corinthian are. Oh, uh, well, they're in. How are they get on this season? They're in the south. Are they south division? They're in the north division. Oh right, yeah, the Essex, they're Essex based, don't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're they're Essex based, but yeah. So uh, hashtag United. What what division are they in? I think they're in the north. Are they? I bet they're doing well. Uh, let me have a look. Hang on. Good radio. This as always. Uh, they are twelfth. Uh, in oh, the North right. Division, so yeah, the kind absolutely of bang the, me table. FA Cup, if they got to the first round and played somebody, oh, that would be. <laughs> all those noises, all those noises, all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's YouTube, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I presume they've walked through all these other leagues. So they're not doing very well this league this time. That might uh, their support may drop off. Yeah, well, we shall see what happens. Uh, in the Isthmian League Premier Division, a bit of a disappointing week for folks in Invictus. They were held to a nil-nil draw at Chessant on uh, Saturday. And then on Monday evening, they were beaten by five goals to nil uh, as they travelled to face Carl Shorten. It was Haringey 2, Margate 2 uh, on Saturday. An absolute thriller, that one, with lots of late goals. Uh, and then on Tuesday evening, Cray Wanderers returned to action and they were beaten 2-0 at Merston. So, uh, not the best week for our Ismini Premier Division sides. John Afua scored, I see, for Merston. I quite liked him. He was at Margate last season. Mm. I thought he was decent. Um, Cray, two step forward, one step back, isn't it, really, for them? Folkestone, I'm surprised about that. When I saw them, I'm seeing Folkestone again this week against Faversham. The games I've seen them, they create chances. And I'm very surprised the last three games, they haven't scored any goals. And you know, their unbeaten run became a... Um, a really disappointing one, wasn't it? When they um, conceded five. So, and then that lead table, after, you know, you don't pick up, you know, two points out of a possible nine. The lead table doesn't look as good now for Folkestone, does it? No, it doesn't. And and for them to concede five, that's pretty much unheard of, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, Folkestone, yeah. I, it has to be a, a bad day at the office. Monday night, didn't really, uh, I think, Carl Shorten aren't bad, but, you know, you'd expect Folkestone to create chances and, Maybe not defeat so bad. Maybe it's just one of those ones that, you know, they've had a great start to the season, haven't lost maybe one game too far on a Monday evening. 
Absolutely. FA Trophy this weekend for those teams. Uh, Cray Wanderers are at home to Bedfont. Sports Margate are away to Needham Market. And as Matt has already said, folks in victory against Faversham, the last Isthmian East South East team standing, Faversham. That's going to be a tough tie for them, even though folks are a little bit out of short sorts at the moment. Yeah, I didn't know they're the last team standing. So, um, yeah, they'll go They'll go there with no fear, I presume, looking at that result. I know they've played in the midweek and lost, but... Yeah, folks are maybe looking to sort of get their season not back on track, but back into form because I think they've got some really tough games coming up after that. Folks in the league, some um, tough away games. So yeah, it should be a, it should be an interesting game. That and looking to see some uh, interesting players on the on on from the Faversham side. Who I haven't seen for a while. I see Dean Grant still plays Faversham now. He must be getting on a bit now. Come on, well, I, I don't want to get involved in any conversations about age with you. No, mate. yeah, he's been around. Well, you can find out on Saturday. That can be your homework yeah, yeah, if you want. But I look forward to hearing your assessment on next week's show and maybe you can get some interviews and all. Yeah, while you're there. No problem. Uh, let's move on then to the National League South and our third interview of the week. Uh, not a particularly cheerful one this, though, as Maystone United's disappointing run continued as they were beaten 1-0 at home by Slough Town. Matt was at that game and after that match, he spoke to Maidstone striker Alfie Pavey. Yeah, another one where not been good enough, really. We know... We know, um, but you know we just got to keep going, keep working hard in training, and we've got to turn it around ourselves. Yeah. Again, as a striker, you come off the bench, but again throughout the afternoon, very difficult. You're not creating many chances for any of the strikers, are you? Uh, no, we ain't. But we we've analysed that. Can we be better in a final third? But we have had opportunities over the last five games, um, and opportunities where it's been nil nil. That um, if you do score that that goal then it might give us that kickstart that we need but luck ain't on our side at the moment um, but like I said we just got to keep working hard and keep going the frustrating thing is I think they've had one shot on goal and they've scored from that as well is it, is it when your luck's against you and the game's going against you that's the sort of things that happen I wouldn't say it's luck I'd just say lack of concentration from us but it's been the same story over the last five games teams haven't hurt us they're not hurting us they're just one chance one lack of com- concentration but that's not just a defence that's all over the pitch you know it, it, it starts from us up top and it works all the way back um, and at the moment we're just getting punished for every opportunity that the other teams are getting What did the manager say at the final whistle as well he looked a frustrated figure as well Yeah he's going to be frustrated you know because we're not performing we're not performing for him um, he's put this team together so it's down to us at the end of the day and we have to take responsibility we're a good group our togetherness is there we're sticking together there's no issues within the camp. Um, we're going to continue fighting for each other, you know, because it's a long season. Let's, let's get that right. It is a long season and we're only, what, November? We've still got another six, seven months to go. So, um, yeah, come in Tuesday and we go again. Yeah, the, the fans seem a little bit frustrated. It's a four consecu- fourth consecutive game. You haven't actually scored a goal at the Gallagher. Uh, you, you understand their frustrations, I presume? Always, they pay their money to come and watch a football match. Come, come, pay their money to to support us. And when we ain't performing, they have a right to to say what they feel and and how they feel. So, but I'll keep going back to it. It's down to us to turn it around. And yeah, we could just go again. Personally, how are you feeling after you had a nasty injury? You come back to a club where you started. You could sort of career. Got to go. How are you feeling personally? Fine, absolutely fine. I'm ready. Manager, disappointed you haven't started that many games. Yeah, of course, and I've asked a question, um, but I can only just keep getting my head down and, and carrying on, you know. At the moment, probably one game in, then I'm like five games out, 
to, so I do need that runner consistency but sometimes you just need me to come off the bench and, and maybe get a goal for me to an, another opportunity to get to get a start again which at the moment it hasn't happened um, so yeah I've just got to keep working hard myself and when I get that opportunity to, to get going and that run of games I know what I can do Do you think there's enough quality in this squad to be at the right end of the table? 100% <laughs> we were second four games ago and what after today we're probably 10th like yeah it's not good enough it's not good enough and the ability we have in this squad it's, we know we should be, be higher up but like I said it's a long season we'll go again we'll keep working hard and results will turn and we'll be on our way uh, Frustration for, for, for Maidstone frustration for Alfie Pavey uh, Matt, what did you make of the game? Yeah, Maidstone. Um, speaking beforehand, there was sort of um, a little bit of uh, concern from the Maidstone fans over the season has sort of unravelled over the last few weeks where they hadn't really looked like scoring many goals and conceded it. And the game, Maidstone, all I kept saying, huffed and puffed, but put balls in the box, but didn't really have any strikers. That, I would say they've got strikers who not going to score many goals and Slough second time I've seen them um, themselves didn't look like they were going to score but they have one shot on goal and then they scored and Maidstone really huffed and puffed and the lack the, the balls in the box nobody put on the end of them didn't really crack too many cut chances and also I, I didn't think that you know your midfielders breaking deep to sort the to sort the attacks out um, didn't really work and there was real frustration Final whistle. You say, mate, you say about their strikers, uh, Matt, on paper, they're very good strikers. And I remember at the start of the season, I had a real feeling that it was going to be a really, really good season for Maidstone United. So, so, so what's gone wrong? What, why aren't these strikers looking like they're going to score? Because they're all players who've had good records elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think it's a confidence thing. I think Al Pavey himself is probably, you know, he's had that very bad injury a year or so ago. He's getting back into it. Again, when he came on, you know, his strength is if you whip the ball in, he's going to get on the end of it. Um, and uh, They did it a couple of times, but you just feel the confidence has drained out of them a little bit as well when they were getting into possession. Um, when you, you, they weren't sort of, you know, taking the opportunity, go past the player, rather than whipping it in, you try and take it on, then you lose the ball. Um, you, see, you just feel a little bit tense at the ground, you know, that they're sort of, the fans are not. I don't think they're not unhappy, but they're not happy either. You know, there's and there was no real surprise when they lost the game. Or when you know, with 20 to go, oh, we haven't scored yet. Then Slough got the other end, a bit of quality from the substitute across it, and the other substitute scored. There didn't seem to be as no surprise there as well. So I can't put my finger on it. I can Redding, um didn't come out for the interview as well, which I found surprising. He certainly his assistant, Terry Harris, who was quite good. But it's just sort of a bit of there, you know, Maidstone, you can't... Well, they've got some really tough games coming up as well. It could be make or break for them as well, but they need to find some form and confidence from somewhere. So nice football, no cutting edge. And then that level, you know, with Slough, growing confidence, they took their chance, their one chance. And Maidstone probably had three or four and they didn't take them. Yeah, I mean, it's a tight old league, isn't it? I, I do love this, but you've got 10 points between 3rd and 20th in that league. Uh, yeah. Sorry, 11 points between 3rd and 20th and only another point to the top. And, and 
you know, all those teams in mid-table, I mean, if you go from 20 points down to 16, that takes you from fourth down to 12th. So anyone who puts a run of form together can go shooting up that table, but this is not where you want to be losing games of football. And, and that, unfortunately, is what Maidstone are doing at the moment. Yeah, they're on, they're on a rut um, and they're not scoring goals. Which, and, if you, and if you don't score goals and you've got the inability to concede them, which they seem to have as well at the moment, that not keeping clean sheets, you, you're going to struggle. So, yeah, it's what, ninth place, 18 goals in 12 games. Yeah, not winning in the last five is a, is a bit of a concern when you see the likes of your Havants, your Ebsleets, your Dawkins, who seem to be running into Foreman's at Auburn's, who won on the telly as well at the weekend. Could be a, it could be a difficult season for Maidstone, but speaking to them as well, you know, is this their level? You know, the investment we know to put into it. I know Oliver Ash, great friend of the show, he knows the investment to go in the National League is 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 phenomenal. But Maidstone still get two thousand people every week, so the expectation will be there that they've got to be playing in the higher league above, got to be a National League side. Yeah, elsewhere, it's now five without a win in all competitions for Dartsalona, uh, as they were held to a 3-3 draw at home by Chippenham uh, on Saturday. A disappointing week as well for Tom and Jangles. 2-1 nil defeats, one to Braintree uh, on Saturday, and then at home to have an Autolouville on Tuesday, uh, while Welling United were beaten 2-1 at Bath in their game. Obviously, FC United were in the FA Cup, and their FA Cup run, despite Matt confidently saying they were going to be in the hat, uh, came to an end as they were beaten 1-0. Uh, at Leighton Orient. But uh, yeah, so it wasn't the best week in the National League South for us, was it? No wins, uh, one draw, the rest all lost. Yeah, well, as we said, you know, Dartford not winning in four has really opened this league up. Dorkin have come from absolutely nowhere now, haven't they? Um, to get in there, sleep running into form. So, yeah, so I think Dartford, um, I think uh, they've got, they got, they got Oxford this weekend. They have got Oxford at home on Saturday. Yeah, it's a big game as well because Oxford are doing quite well. Only one defeat in 11. So, yeah, Steve King, you, know, you don't become a bad team overnight. But, yes, it's it's concerning. Because we, we totally said a month ago, oh, Dartford are going to run away with this. But clearly they're not going to now. So, yeah, big weekend as well. Ebsleep, can they bounce back from their FA Cup exploits as well? Um, are they playing Hungerford? They are absolutely are at Hungerford, uh, yeah. Stone United go to have an Autolouville yeah. and a bit of a derby as well, Welling United against yeah. Tumbridge Angels. So uh, big games all round and, and yeah. all of those teams for, for various reasons, I mean, you always want to win, but there, there, there seems to be something riding on it for all of those sides. Yeah, I think um, Tumbridge Angels have slipped back to you know 18th now. So, and again, they haven't really won one in five as well. Yeah, I think it's... a Yes, it seems like an important weekend this weekend with the sides that, you know, Dartford got to put down a marker against Oxford. Ebbsleet can go ahead of Hungerford. I know they've got three games in hand with them as well. So, and Mason needs to bounce back having Waterloo in the big derby as well. So, it seems a pivotal weekend for Conference South, I think, really. Um, hopefully, not all at well. We want all our sides to win, but of course, one of them is going to have to, not going to win, which I'm willing to play against Stumbridge. But if we can get Dartford, Maidstone, and Ebbsleet winning, that could kickstart their season. Well, some of those sides of season and kickstart it and we can look up rather than down as we're a bit concerned now that one of our sides is not going to win this division. 
Talking of looking down, let's move on to the National League, uh, where mm. Bromley's FA Cup run came to an end as well as they were beaten 3-0 at, at, at Rotherham. A disappointing day uh, for Andy Woodman. They're back in league action uh, on Saturday at, at 20 past five when they travel up to Stockport. Uh, interesting to see how Stockport are with that one. They've got a new manager, obviously, and they had a good result at Bolton, but they've also got an FA Cup replay uh, looming against Bolton Wanderers as well. So, that would be an interesting one. Uh, there was a brief moment this morning where I was reading about a bizarre situation uh, about Dover's uh, loanee, Aaron Cosgrave, but fortunately there was nothing bizarre going on, so we don't have to talk about them for ages. They're away to Torquay uh, on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, uh, if you're in the Devon area and fancy a laugh. Um, do you got anything to say about Dover's? It, uh, didn't lose at the weekend? Um, no, it's going to be tough at Torquay. There you go, that's what I'm going to say. But well, we conceded what five, four, five, five. Um, well, we'll go on the basis five, we're going to five, four, three. So yeah, it, it'll be tough at Torquay. But you never know. We might get something. We might kickstart winning. I'm saying, John, I was looking at all my following the Kent teams this season. I think in all the games I followed Kent teams, I've seen a lot of Dover games as well. I've only seen two Kent wins in about fourteen games. Wow, was that obviously one of them was Bromley at Dover? Oh, um, yeah, well, three then probably then because I've got four folks then, and I saw Dartford. But yeah, I'm not seeing many Kent sides doing particularly well. This Brilliant. Season. Of course, this weekend I will see a Kent side win because it can actually go to penalties as well. So that's a bit of excitement. But uh, perfect. Yes, yeah, so hopefully uh, Kent Kent turn up. Dover will win a game eventually. Will it be against Torquay? I don't think so. And that's pretty much it then. We've covered everything as I promised we would uh, over the past hour, well, just under an hour. Oh, it'll be over an hour now with all the interviews that we've put in as well. Uh, very quickly, TV recommendation. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Matt, there was a programme called The Long Call on ITV. Have you seen it? No, I've not about that one. Right, so it was like a, a detective drama. But my favourite thing about it was um, that the lead character was called Matthew. Yeah. And... He was a police detective and he was a gay man and his husband was called Jonathan. All right. So I'm wondering if the writers of this were fans of the Um, show and decided to pay tribute to us by making us the the, the couple at the heart of this programme. This could well be, yes. If if you had that in the background or a logo or the mug. Have you been watching? uh, You watched Squid Game, didn't you? You seen all that? No, I haven't watched it. You're not going to watch it? No. Nah. Oh, that's quite good. I quite enjoyed that. Are you watching The Outlaw in Bristol? Bristol. Got that taped, so that's oh, next up on good. the Very list. Uh, what else have I been watching? Have I mentioned on this show before, never mind the Buzzcocks? Uh, I have, haven't I? I watched the old one with Mark Lamar, was it? Yeah, no, it's back now with Greg Davis doing it on Sky. You like Greg Davis, um, don't you? Yeah, I do. And uh, there's lots of people that have been on Taskmaster on it as well. It's an absolute riot. Every single, I think it's six episodes into the series now, and every single week I've properly laughed out loud. So uh, never mind the Voscox is back and it's on good form. So uh, I'm. Uh, Did you watch Greg Davis's comedian when he was the crime man? I saw one of those and it was. I didn't particularly enjoy it. I, I like him more as himself than being a character, it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, I, quite, I watched all them. I thought they weren't too bad, really. So some um but outlaws outlaws got some good um laugh out loud moments good oh, well we've got it taped so we'll we will watch it at some yeah, juncture so, so there's, like, there's loads on at the moment it's quite a good time of year um yeah, for, yeah, for the telly time, loads yeah. and loads of stuff on loads of dramas loads of comedies loads of everything so uh plenty well, to like be Christmas. now we're 
basically the middle of November. It's nearly Christmas, really, isn't it? So, it is. Well, funny enough, we're just discussing in a couple of weeks' time, we're going up to see uh, some friends, and, and we always have a fake Christmas. So I think we're doing Christmas dinner with all the trimmings at the end of November. So that should be good fun. All right. So, uh, when will the decorations go up in your B&B? Uh, it'll be that ne- the week after that. So it'll probably be about the second, I would imagine, oh, that they'll go up. So, no, yeah, so we don't want them to go up too early. No, I don't think we watched... No, not not no, not not really. So um, just yeah, it's getting cold. I said last week it's getting cold and things like that. So, but no, but otherwise, yeah, run down to Christmas. We've had a bit of work done in the house, so that's the house is a bit of a tip. So we need to sort that out. But no, apart from that, yeah, everything's good. Um, yeah, everything's good really. So carry it on regardless. So there it is. Good, good. Well, thanks for every everybody for listening to this week's show. Thank you to all three of our guests. I really, really enjoyed all of those interviews, actually. Uh, so thank you very much. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Non-League Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed this week's show. Hope you have too. Uh, don't forget, if you have got any feedback, do always get in touch with us. We, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll give you a shout out if you do get in touch. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Non-League podcast i am interested in a seven day approach to another podcast if anybody's interested